All right, you ready for this, man? Uh, I'm ready for this, man. I'm always ready for it. All Let's right, go. here we go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Lone Wolf Podcast. I'm your host, Wolfson, and today we got a special guest in the building. He is one of my homies from the local scene of Miami. That's right. I met him a couple of years ago through a mutual friends, and he's been hanging around with some of our homies. He is the one and only up-and-coming producer, artist, and co-founder of Powerhouse Miami, the one and only Nightcrawler. What's good, man? What's good? Everything's good, man. You know, uh, thank you for having me on the podcast. Uh, I feel honored. Uh, yeah, man, you know, we did a lot of great things back then with Powerhouse Miami. We, yeah, we, we, did, we did some great things, and, um, you know, I'm honored to have uh, to be on your podcast because you are the one that I literally played right after at Borgor, where it was my first main stage show. Oh, shit. and I still have the video where you literally played one last song, and I was like, "All right, so how am I gonna top Wilson?" Because you yeah. a fire, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I remember. I remember that. That was that was literally the last show I've ever done as a promoter. I think after yeah. that one, I haven't done any other shows like like that big, well stages. Every other show or I've done it was just small little back to bats with Nitty Greedy and Shindo and and some spots in with Shavalo and DNA and you know those little yeah. shopping areas. Like if anything, that's like the only times I've ever. I think ever done little back to bats. Other than that, it's like I haven't had a show since the Borgo show, you know. And I, it was a blast. It was a blast. I something told me in my soul that you know what? I feel like this is gonna be the last time. So just end, just end it with a great note, you know. End it with a great note. End it with a banger. Let everybody know that you know I am Wolfson. You know. Yeah. No, it was a great show, and then I feel you on that because I don't play shows anymore. I don't really care to play shows mm. right now. You know, working on my album i'm working on my ep mm. so i don't i'm working on well i have like four eps bro and then it's just i'm working on a way of how i'm gonna attack it and then how i'm gonna go into album mode because you know um you've been on the edm team for a while so you know it's you eventually get to the point where you're like all right bro like you get tired of the club scene like i've been there done that right now what i'm doing is i'm just on like one of my things i want to do is be an executive producer So means I'm making the beat, yeah, and then I'm literally bringing the singer, I'm bringing, you know, the engineer that I want and that, and then if they need me to literally touch up the song and master it, cool, I'll do it. But if not, I have everybody else doing that. But at one point since, you know, I went to school for this, I literally go, all right, bro, no, this is not, this is not it. Because, you know, I don't, I don't cut corners. I don't do none of that. Right. It sounds good. It doesn't sound good. I'll make the beat and then be like, all right, so what are we going to do with this? So uh, what school do you went to? I went to SAE. That's what I'm talking about. SAE, let's go. Such fire. Let's go. Currently, I'm in Los Angeles film school because I want to learn how to edit my music videos because I'm going to make some crazy ass music videos. Oh, yeah. For for this EDM shit. Like, Wait, so you're in LA right now? No, no, I live in Miami, but oh. I'm online, online in Los Angeles Film School. Oh, got you, got you, got you. Okay, I'm a bachelor for that. Damn, that's what's up. So you're just doing online courses all the way from Miami. That's that's dope, bro. You got to get it in, man. You got to get it in. You got to work. Come on, you know we're from Miami, man. I'll say, look, my mom was an immigrant. She brought me to this country to be uh, born in the USA. And then, you know, this is a land of opportunity if you do everything right. I agree. So, you know, I'm just getting it in. Hey, man, go get it in, man. That's all we got to do, man. If there's a certain motivation that you got to go and there's something that you really want to do, go and do it, you go for it, man. You you pull no stops. Just, you know, throw in your passion. Well, of course, with, with, with the common sense that you know, like, all right, let's be realistic. What can I achieve? What can I go? All right, let's go for it, man. Let's go. Let's put all our resources on it. Yeah, man. And, you know, that's what it's all about. And the whole Nightcrawler vibe is, you know, like, you know, we have um, being from Miami, you know, the club scene. Mm. Nightcrawler is about I come alive in the nighttime. You know what I mean? Yeah, I really do. Like in the nighttime, it's crazy. 
you know, what we used to be, what I used to be. So with that being said, yeah, bro, it feels good, you know, to just have basically gone through the experience of being a promoter and a DJ and, you know, the whole, you know, the whole phase that you go through to graduate. Yeah. I actually want to talk to you about some of that stuff right there, you know, because um, ask away because, <laughs> you know, we obviously met through Ernesto Odigy. Shout out for Odigy, man. My and the brother, that's my brother for life. I call that man. And that's, you know, it's funny. What? People think that people have told me over the years, they're like, yo, I think like Odigy's cocky and he's an asshole. No, he's confident. For years, he's held his confidence because that man, he knows what he wants. And recently he's, you know, he's accomplished a goal he's wanted to hit forever. You got to be confident. Cockiness is being, not being humble. That's the most humble man in the world. So that, that was a side note on that, that I wanted to say. That man is definitely not cocky. That man will help you through a fucking firestorm. So yeah, we met through him. Yes. Until this day, I can call him any time, man. And that man is, you know, my brother for life, man. It's, yeah, dude. And then, weren't you a part of Powerhouse? I believe you kind of started a little bit with Powerhouse. All right. So so the whole story about that, yes, I actually started Powerhouse with Andres, um, mm -hmm. Odigy, and Howard. I mean, shout out to Howard and Andres, you know, as well. You know, we got to shout out to those guys, too. Of course. Um, shout out, you know, Howard. My brother for life. Yeah. So I started at that point with them. Mm -hmm. um, so we start. So we begin right after our show with Yellow Claw. And, you know, we started hearing, you know, we're going to start Powerhouse. Miami. We're going to unite all the locals. We got a couple of people that were trying to join in, you know, and mm -hmm. that's where Kevin, Kevin Moreno, he was on multi EDM mm -hmm. and he does a lot of things. And, you know, he we were trying to get him over. And I don't know. I, I At one point I was just like, you know what? I was fucking more um, with with Kevin's vibe a lot because he he's actually making the moves. You know, he was actually going through doing festival stages in my hometown of Puerto Rico. So, okay. I, so that gravitated me a lot more to go with him, you know, and fuck with him and. And do all the stuff. Um, I yeah. never actually like per se like left powerhouse. It was more like you know it, it wasn't in it for me at the time, and I was already like between having at that time committees turning to apex, then me being the street promoter manager, and then gotta be doing a lot of shit at the same time. And it was just it was just a lot of things at the same time that was happening. And then obviously my job at the time in the Clevelander, so. You know, I, I can only do so much. I'm only human, you know, so like it's a lot of work. What people don't understand about the music industry is it's a lot of fun. Yes, work. it's what you got to understand about the industry is you got to take the good and the bad. Meaning, yeah, there's the good times, you know, you're going to have labels looking at you mm. and they your music and this and that. But there's the bad times where you have the people around you going, hey, you know what? But we haven't seen anything big yet and this and that. And you know what's crazy? It's not even your fans. It's usually the people that are closest to you that are like, we haven't seen anything big from you yet. So what's going on? I mean, this and that. And it's like, if they're your true supporter, they shouldn't discourage you. They should encourage right. you. Like, come on, bro. Like, this is a hard industry to be in. Because you got to think about it. At the end of the day, it's a bunch of people with money that are trying to find someone to reinvest their money into. Yeah. Basically, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it with you. Uh, that you, you sum it up like a small portion of how the industry looks like. It's funny because like people don't realize what really goes behind the scenes, you know. In real reality, as I was like looking, thinking about it again, of the reasons why I left, I didn't left Powerhouse, but I had to like not associate with them. At that mm -hmm. time, there was just like a bitter war about, and then you gotta choose sides. Like whose side are you with? Are you with them or are you with us? And I was I was left in the middle, and that put me on the bad spot because obviously you know I make friends with you with Ernesto with Howard Andres and you all you all cool people. You were all cool people to me. You know Andres yeah. taught me how to do how to properly DJ with CDJs because I've done it all the whole my whole life with Serato, but never done it with USBs. So, and then Ernesto teaching me how to. 
how to mix properly on, on songs and how we're showing me some stuff as well. Like, you know, everybody was showing me some stuff, but then it also led out to me at that, at that time, committee telling me it's like, um, you, you can't be on this guy or this guy. You're either with us or you're, you're with them. You can't be on both. So that, that was kind of like, damn, bro. And I will admit, I did go to side with committee because they're the ones who actually gave me the resources, the tools and the opportunities to play in all these shows like after Jellicoe, I they put me up on Life in Color after Life in Color they put me on all those weekly shows that we had on Spring One Bear Grylls OK Sunset Music Festival you know it goes on so I couldn't I couldn't you know I, I'm a loyal person I, I, my loyalty is always gonna be there you know no matter what but at that point, when there were when there's like two people putting me like choose a side, I had to go to the first people who actually brought me up into the industry, because if it wasn't for them, I'll be probably like trying to figure out how the hell am I going to be in this industry, you know, and it, yeah. it, it kind of sucks because people don't realize this is this is top the type of shit that you have to choose in the long run. This is the type of shit you have to go through. Of course. Because you, everybody thinks it's like, oh, you know, you're, 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 you're a good person. Yeah. You're finding dandy things are yada, yada, yada. But no, there's times that you face forks in the road and you have no other choice but to choose a path. Look, and you know, you know, I want to tell you, you know, I've never had anything against you or none of that because mm -hmm. even though, because I, I tried to start my own label, right? Uh, Savage Republic Records, because I'm mm -hmm. all about savagery. When, when you savage, see it, yeah, I'm a true savage. <laughs> And the thing is, the definition of a savage is attacking something aggressively. Mm. And when I go into the industry, you know, I don't let anybody screw me. There's a saying, like, especially for the industry, I don't get fucked. I do the fucking. Ah. I don't get fucked. I do the fucking. Does it mean I'm going to fuck people over? No. But if you try to fuck me, trust me, I will fuck you so hard with no lube. Mm. Like, bro, I don't play around when it comes to my shit because... I am loyal to a fault too. So I understand that you had to choose certain sides and then powerhouse. We were coming up. Yes, we were coming up and you know, uh, the dudes from powerhouse are my brothers till I die. They know this. I talk to them all the time. My brothers till I die, but it's just, sometimes you got to go your own route, but mm. it doesn't mean that you're not family. And then also on the local scene, it's like, yeah, you do your own thing, but I feel like certain people mm. who are not loyal to a fault, feel like hurt or like a little like you know like oh um i thought you were this and i thought you were that no you got to surround yourself with people that are going on a pace like you you gotta yeah. understand at the end of the day it's a business you can't bring personal feelings into business so that's why i don't be getting mad at people sometimes i just be like for the most the last couple of years i've been trolling trolling mm. the street just because it's hilarious because when you troll somebody, you see where their true feelings come out. I've been trolling the industry. Like, I'm going to, like, for example, I used to make a joke. I'm going to expose this person, that person. And Lord knows I have no beef with nobody. But then the next day, because certain people love controversy in this fucking Miami scene. Yeah. Like, so you didn't care about I'm coming out with new music, but I said I'm going to expose somebody. It's, oh, shit. Yo, let me go watch a story today to look for that. No, don't go watch my story to look for that. Go watch my story to, to see new music coming out or if I'm sharing my brother's music and there's some good music coming out because all my brothers make great music. Like the people you surround yourself make great moves. So they should have been focused on that. And then that's why I think kind of the Miami EDM music scene has fell a little bit, but you can still pick it back up because now you have a lot of leaders of the new school. I agree because um one of the things I was talking to Lucho in our previous episodes in the interview, I was going through like the reasons why I actually fall out of his company, you know, and I always talk about the podcast in general is like, you know, what what it sucks to be, you know, be the you have to be a promoter in order for you to get a show, which I feel like that was the, the shitty. That's the stupidest thing in my personal opinion. Like I got to go street promo and. I got to do this and that so I can lay the show. And now Lucho has its own new way of like, no, we don't do that. That old model is no longer. Now it's more of, let me see your, let me see how good you are in the midst. Like, give me an opening set. Give me a closing set. Give me an opening for artists. 
And let me see how much you pull on the social medias. And if you're good enough, then, hey, we'll put you up there. And I feel that's much more better than what it was before because I I remember I had to bust my ass 300 hours in daylight of my time just to give out flyers to everybody so I can actually get a shot at Life in Color. Of course, now we're being productive because what I'm saying is it's the industry is being productive now because uh, uh, think about it like this. So a lot of DJs are fucking stressed because it's okay, bro. So you want me to make my own beats. Then you want me to play a set and then you want me to be a promoter. So then why do you have promoters for if I have to promote the event? Mm. That shit does not make sense. Mm. All I got to do is post a flyer. Okay, cool. I'll post a flyer of the event I'm on. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to... What? Like, okay, seriously? Yeah. That's like saying you need... That's like saying you want to be president, vice president, and your governor and senator all at the same time. What? It don't make no sense. Exactly. It doesn't make no sense. So, yeah, I'm glad there's like, you know, some of the guys that run the scene are changing are, you know, are changing the game because it does not make any literal sense. And there's a saying, if it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. So this shit needs to be changed. Yeah. It, it needs to be changed. The, the scene needs to be changed because there are a lot of good people on the scene. I'll tell you that right now. A lot of great people on the scene. So many great people on the scene. It's just, you know, I feel like everybody gets caught up with stress. Mm. Does it make sense? Yeah. And then when they get caught up with the stress in the industry, you know, they make poor choices. But, you know, you can't blame, you know, people because then you have people who run these big events and then they're playing with a lot of money. And I get it because a lot of money like that, when you're dealing with hundreds and thousands of dollars and you got to pay this person, you got to pay that person and this and that. And yeah, I get it. I get it. Trust me. I get it. I'm a man of business. I truly get it. But the scene needs to change. I would say morality wise, there needs to be more. Mm, There has. Yeah. Some people don't have fucking morals in the scene. No, no, no. Bro, how many times have we seen that? No fucking morals. And I'm just like, so that's why sometimes people used to be like, oh, you're so you're so angry. I'm like, am I angry, or are you the reason I'm getting upset? Because any situation I come in, I come in protecting my energy. So if you make me get out of pocket, is it my fault, or is it because you're being a uh, a piece of shit, or maybe you're stressed, and then you're bringing that out on me, and then you're making me get out of character. So certain people need to change themselves. And again, I feel like Miami's turning into LA. They call LA oh. a lot. Man. Really? Yeah. So the nickname La La Land is basically people are lost in the magic of L.A. because of the big houses and all this and that. And then the models and the girls that go there in Miami is the same mm. thing like L.A. It's la- This is La La Land. Well, I always look Miami as the house version of L.A. because I know that L.A. is more about the basing and here is more housing. Yeah, but basically it's this shit is La La Land too. Yeah. Everybody wants the big the big house. Everybody wants a huge house, you know, wants yep. all this and that, but they get they lose themselves in Miami. They really lose themselves because, you know, they lose their morality and then they get lost in the music scene. And the music scene here is great and we all yeah, and like you said, like you said earlier, people force you to choose a side. Yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah. Like you know, I chose a side, and I mean, my brothers, you know, got my back on that, and you know, they've put me on. But thank God, I'm the type of person I don't, I don't really care about being in the front scene. Also, that's a problem with any industry. Somebody wants to be the center of attention and the star, and then that ego, it's like a domino effect, drags on to the next person mm-hmm. and the next person. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. So the guy in charge, if he has a big ego, he's like, well, you know, I'm the shit. Then he's going to bring that energy on to everyone else around him and his crew. And then everybody else will feel that same energy and then they'll portray that same energy. And then everybody's, everybody's yeah. going to be like, you know, yo, why are you like that? Is 
else. I'll call yeah, it start dude. to one. Yeah, dude. And you know, um, for me, my experience on the scene was we had such a great scene uh, a couple years ago. We had different teams. If there wasn't so many egos, mm. right now the Miami music scene would be killer. Like I think we'd be better than uh, what you call it. We'd be better than a lot of cities, man. And Miami had had so much potential. Right now, it's just like people are just trying to get by. Yeah. It's not, you know, utilizing the potential that we have out here. We have so many talented people. I feel like some of that is um, people don't have patience because mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, that whole thing about La 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 is like, oh my God, look how. Look at what's happening here in Miami. It's like, man, if I can do it, I can dream it. I, I, I'll make it, you know, fake it till you make it type mentality, you know, in a way, you know, and yeah, I think and, and I think that's what that's what leads to many failures to some of these people, because, you know, they feel like they want the that success already without putting much of the work. Basically, you said the success already, the term you would uh, you'd say is they want immediate gratification. Yes. Yes. So you want immediate gratification without grinding. Yes. Without, without going through the hardships. Mm -hmm. Bro, half the people you've seen that have made it huge, it didn't happen overnight. And no. there's another saying, success is peppered with landmines. If you, you know, basically one misstep and boom. I've never heard that one. That's yeah. actually pretty good. Yeah. Success is peppered with landmines. So one misstep, boom, that's it. It's all over. That made sense. Wow. That's actually pretty good. A lot of people, they move out of Miami because, you know, I have a friend, a mutual friend that you know that he's very successful now. I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to name drop. We have a we have a mutual friend that's on the base scene that he made it. And what he did was he's like, I moved out of Miami. And I asked him why. And he said, because at the same time, he's like, I'm trying yeah. to think who. Hold on. We, we have a mutual friend. That's uh, I'm, I'm leaving it at that. <laughs> He's actually my mastering engineer because one thing about music is I don't master my shit because I'm the type, at least me, I end up overproducing. Mm. Interesting. It happens. You overproduce sometimes. So I'm just like, you know what? I'll like final mix. And then I'm like, all right, let me send it to my friend who's going to be my mastering engineer. So you master my shit so I can focus on a new beat and then executive produce like I want to do. Because that's what I want to do. Okay. So with that being said, like I was saying, man, he left Miami's version of La La Land and he went and he moved to, uh, whatchamacallit, Oakland. Where? Oakland. Okay. You you know who he is. Trust me, you know who he is. If I say the name, you're going to be like, holy. Yeah, you're going to be like, holy fuck. You still talk to him? Because I'm pretty sure you talk to him. My base friends are very close, like. Mm, I'll just say this. Uh, his old name, he used to have another friend that used to go by the house cartel. Yeah. I don't know, bro. I don't know. Maybe I get if if I don't talk to you in a long time, I'll tend to forget you. I, I, that's just me, man. I I, I maybe it faces you. I will. You'll tell me the name after the podcast, but it, yeah, I'll tell you the name after the podcast, bro. Yeah, because um, you know, I I'm telling you, my my close friends in the industry that are mm -hmm. in the industry, four of them are in LA, mm -hmm. and then a few are here. So like, yeah, dude, like I don't know, know I don't know who who's that in Oakland. Like I don't have anybody like outside of that, and even that I have people in England. No, he used to uh. He used to live in Vegas. He just to open. Yeah. You know what? After the show, you'll tell me the name, bro. Yeah. Maybe so, I have an idea. Maybe I have an idea. Yeah. And then, you know, I've got a couple friends too. Like, you know, we started out, um, let's say it's the promoting and all that. How I started out too. I, I was promoting, um, I don't know if you remember the local raves, SOS. No, I don't remember. Sorry. No, no, no. So we used to have this local rave called SOS Spirit of Sound Gathering. And that's actually where I met uh, Oddity. So actually, what's funny that he mentioned Oddity. It was Spirit of Sound Gathering because I used to go by DJ Raveheart. I don't know, but my name sucked back then. And then, and then I changed to Raveheart Nick because I was inspired by Laidback Luke. Oh, so I was on Raveheart Rick, 
And then Nightcrawler came to be because Nightcrawler is my favorite X-Men character. And also, there's another joke behind the Nightcrawler name. But I stuck with Nightcrawler. And then, you know, I started there and I used to have to literally sell at least 25 tickets just to even get the opening slot. And I'm like, come on, bro. You're charging 20 bucks. You know what I mean? You're Mm. charging 20 bucks for tickets. So you want me to sell 25 tickets and you're, you're giving me the opening slot, but then you have other promoters. My experience, I could say sucked, but either turned into a sheep or a wolf. I turned into a wolf. Amen. Trust me, you just learn. You learn. And then one thing you learn is business. Be nice to uh, everybody, no matter what, no matter what crew. When, when you learn about that, whatever, somebody from one crew might not get along with another crew, but it's business. Yep. People are always going to like each other. Be humble at the end of the day, man. Just be humble. Just be, just be a, a respectful person. Don't don't start with, you know, some figurey shit or some do other dumb shit, you know, because that's how bad relationships turn sour, you know? It, yeah, and then know. becomes this guy says F this guy, no, F this guy, no, and you know, and then it becomes the rumor, and then rumor becomes like, oh shit, that's what he told me. And then it's all like it's all a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's all a bunch of bullshit. So that's why, you know, sometimes I'm the type of person I'll, I'll tell even my friends in the industry, I'll be like, yo, you're pissing me off. The way I speak, I'll be like, you know, sometimes you make me going to fucking smack you. That doesn't mean I'm going to do it. <laughs> it's the Miami in me. Yeah. I'll be like, yo, you make me feel like I want to fucking smack you, but I'm not going to do that shit because you're my friend. And, you know, even people in the industry, I'm like, you know, you got to vent. You know, we all find a way to vent. So I'll vent sometimes and be like, you make me want to literally open hand smack you. But at the end of the day, I'm a man of business. There's no one in business that can say I've ever violently attacked them or done this and that because I understand the stress of the music industry. It's, dude, people are going to talk a lot of shit, but that's what people do. People are going to, you know, bring their, they're going to bring their stresses to you. You got to keep pushing, man. Keep pushing. And, you know, and then you got to also stand up for yourself. So what I tell people who throw shows, I need you to do this, that. That's why I don't DJ anymore anyway, too, because, bro, I'm 30 years old. I'm not going to sell tickets like a promoter just so I can get into your show. What? I just won't go to the show. I'm still producing music. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same age as you, bro. And you get to a certain point and it's like, how long am I going to be doing this to continue selling tickets just to be on a show? It's like, doesn't yeah. make sense, man. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense, man. I don't sell. Yeah, it doesn't make no sense. I don't sell tickets, bro. I promise you, I don't sell tickets. I don't. Like, if you want to book me and you like my music, cool. If not, you get to that level where it's like, all right, bro. If you want to book me because you see I have a following and all that, cool. But to be like, imagine you're like thirty, wanting to sell tickets, and that you no, nah, bro. You got me, and I always, I always say this: pull out your calculator so you can add up the ways that they had me fucked up. Mm. It's true. Like I'm, I don't sell tickets at, at no, oh no, but so you want this show? Oh, you mean I, you want me to sell tickets to be the second guy that opens, and then my my time slot doesn't start on time? Come on, bro. You see, that's exactly why I stop altogether. And that's yeah. why Borgor was my last show, because I, it was at that point in my time that I was like, man, fuck this shit, bro. Like, I'm I'm getting too old to be selling tickets. Like, I don't need to be continue to sell tickets. Like, I, like, what's the whole point of it? And then I, at a certain point, I started to feel that I'm being treating be treated like a second class citizen, you know, mm-hmm. like I didn't, I, I like, I was like, come on, bro. I was your star. And now all of a sudden, like, I feel like pushed aside or still. So it's like the love and the energy wasn't feeling bad. So at that time I said, you know what? Fuck it. Borgo, let it be my last show. I won't DJ anymore until somebody books me. And that's, that's the only time, you know, other than that, like, I'm not going to be promoting for shows just for me to, to play on a show like nah fuck that and at the same time i was just you know yo let me just focus on my fucking music career you know let me just start something let me just you know start sending 
and labels music, you know, try to get to somewhere, try to get to someone, meet people, socialize, yeah. network, you know, like, and I feel like the promotion, granted, it gave me access to make those certain networks. But at a certain point, I saw myself, and I was like, you know what? The promotion game got me to here. And I don't see any long term and it's not going to go even further. So let me just get this shit out of my way and go on, 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 you know, because of course, of course. And I feel you on that because, like you said, you started feeling the love like, yeah, you know, they give you the hype and this and that, especially for a local scene, you know, they'll make you feel special and this and that. And then they just shelf you. Mm. For example, that's why I don't promote and I don't do none of that. I don't care about the local scene anymore. Because tell me how I sold more tickets than a certain person for a certain show at cinema. And then they still put me to open because they were like, if you sell more tickets, you get this time slot. I sold more tickets, but then they still put me to open mm. and I opened to where they opened the club late. So then it started making me feel like, you know what, bro, this this promoting shit is not worth it anymore. I'm trying to get, you know, slots because people were like. You know, people always ask me, oh, why don't you play shows no more and this and that? And I'm like, because the Miami scene fucking sucks. Yo, yo. It's just the truth. It yo, sucks. speak, was, speak. It, it sucks, bro. Like we get. So you're telling me we're this talented, but we get treated like dirt. All right. Mm-hmm. cool. Bro. So then hey, I'll pull a LeBron. I'm going to take my talents to somewhere else. Basically. That's how it is, bro. Because unless you're, let me let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. There were times that I didn't promote and I got booked to a to open a certain artist to be the opener for that artist because that artist played my music. Yeah, and I'm like, really? That's only when I actually get a great slot when an artist played my music. Like that's how I had to demonstrate you that I'm actually progressing. I'm doing shit. That shit is crazy, bro. Like, bro, come on. Like, what are we talking about? Like, what is going on here? You know what it is? With the music scene, a lot of these young artists that don't understand the industry is you can't be afraid to tell these people to go fuck themselves. Yeah. And then when you do that, the thing is, when you tell somebody to go fuck themselves, they're like, oh, shit. He's actually not afraid of my ego. Like, no, what? You're human just like I am. So, yeah, go fuck yourself. Exactly. That's a uh, I I don't know if I ever f somebody up. I don't think I ever did. I don't I don't I don't recall a lot of things though. But then if I don't recall, it's it's because in my personal opinion, it didn't matter to me most. So I didn't put enough attention or value or energy on it. So I just like to, to forget it, and that's good for me because I don't need to hold grudges or hold um personal shit on on me like. No, yeah. Why? It, like it's all business, bro. It's like I get it. You know, fuck me and fuck you. All right. Let's let's just move on and do better. Like you've now when I, when somebody ever tells me like you're never gonna make it in the, the industry, even when you reach when you reach uh, this is something that somebody told me. Like when you get to your to your thirties and you haven't make it to the industry, you'll never make it. Period. And I was like, really? Yo, that's funny. okay. Wait, okay. Wait, they say when you make it to your 30s and, and you don't do that, you'll never make it in the industry. You know, what's crazy about that. Half the big DJs that we go to Ultra to see and all that made it after their 30s. Perfect so, sample cascade. He made it. That. that motherfucker was like old as fuck when he made it to the to the industry, you know? Chocolate Puma, Cosmic Gate, Laidback Luke. Names can go on for days about when you look at when their big hits came, it was after their 30s because they waited and they were patient. So I feel like those type of people is like makes me want to grind even harder because I want to I want to literally shove up their ass the po- in the point of I told you I made it. I told you, you didn't believe me. This song is dedicated for you. You said that I wasn't going to make it. Oh, my God. Look at that. I'm with certain artists. Oh, my God. Look at that. I'm working with these people. Oh, my God. You said I didn't make it by the time I'm 30. It seems to me I've made it so far good. You know, I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, with me right now, I grind and I stay humble and I'm always nice to people. And then there's a certain DJ 
who I just might, one of the legends who's looking at the shit. So we might be there. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not counting my eggs before it hatches, but he's, he's appreciating my music right now. And, you know, because he's very humble and it's like he's always posting, oh, you know, um, and he always writes back to my Instagram. So, oh. he, yeah. So he's like, oh, um, you know, this guy uh, used to open for me and now he's huge. So it's like all you got to do is literally have faith and just keep grinding, man. You yeah. never like those type of people, like you said, when they say you're never going to make it and this and that. Bro, success does not happen overnight. Mm-hmm. It's not like put out a song, boom. Because, you know, you got a lot of people. I get it. They use repost networks or let's be honest, they use bots. Mm-hmm. They don't have genuine like organic followers. It's not organic. It's all right. Cool. Smoke and mirrors. Remember earlier when we said fake it till you make it. Yeah. I don't fake it till I make it. I have a genuine fan base, which I love and I appreciate. And I reach out to, and they reach out to me, you know. And then when they're like, I'm interested in music, I give them tips on producing music mm-hmm. because I also feel in the music industry, people get nervous like somebody might come to take my spot. I don't get nervous because I'm like, I'm good at what I do. So there's no spot to be taken. I'm still always going to be here. Yeah, that's something that a lot of people have that inner competition within themselves is like, oh, I have to compete with certain so-so because, you know, he's going to take my spot. It's like, I mean, do you really have to think like that? Like, aren't we, why can't we just like do your thing? I'll do my thing. You know, every, everybody's happy. There's, there's, the, there's no, there's no, there's no capacity limit on making it. You know, you just, Keep doing this. There shouldn't be anything, but you know, people feel like there should be a, on some sort of competition. I mean, if it's with competition between your friends, maybe, maybe that's cool because yeah. it's between your homies, you know. But you know, in the but other people that they just wanna, they feel, what's the word? Um, afraid, insecure, insecure. There you go. Yeah, there's a lot of insecurities in this music industry. And there's a lot of, well, just in life, a lot of people are insecure. So they try to find a tap. They try to use their talent to fix their insecurity because they want the attention yeah. from other people to not feel insecure because you know what it is? It's because they don't love themselves. Mm. Like me, at the end of the day, I love myself. So I don't give a, you know, I don't give exactly. a fuck. Like, but I tell you, I don't give a fuck. You, you book me cool. You don't book me cool. You listen to my music, I genuinely appreciate you. You don't listen to my music, hey, fuck it. I guess it wasn't your style. Mm-hmm. That, that's how I go about life. Because, you know, sometimes when people are like, oh, shit, you're a nightcrawler? Can I get a picture with you? I've heard your your sets before. I'm like, I get, like, you know how some people, like, when they see a star, they're like, oh, shit. No, I'm just like, oh, shit. You, you want a photo with me? <laughs> uh I get really awkward in my photos. Oh too. my god, bro! That, that has happened to me on four different occasions. Like even after I stopped DJing, even yeah. there are like times, even during my current job, I had people coming over. It's like, wait, aren't you Wolfson? I'm like, yo, <laughs> yeah. And it's just I, I take weird poses. Sometimes I'll just be like, I'm like, all right, how do I pose right now? Uh, uh just it's like. Can I have a photo? I'm like, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> what I mean is just like, cause I genuinely appreciate that they appreciate my work. I agree. I'm one of those people. I don't need to be famous, man. I just, you appreciate my work. Thank you. Cause I put a lot of hard work into it, but yeah. So I'm still on that today. I could literally play a fucking huge main stage festival and I'd still be there. Oh, we need your autograph. And I'd be like, Cause I'm left-handed, so left-handers we have like chicken scratch. So I'd be like, uh, "Oh my god!" Yeah, no, our writing sucks. So I'd be like, uh, "It's okay, my writing sucks ass, and I'm right-handed." So yeah, so no, left-handed, you, you know, we're worse. So I don't know if you if you if I send if I show you my right hand writing, you'll be like, "What the fuck was this created by a kindergarten?" You know, this guy over here. So no, no, but at the end of the day, what I'm saying is, man, you know, you got to love yourself in the industry. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a lot of people I feel that are insecure, as you said, to try to put you down because 
maybe they have more money or more power they feel like mm-hmm. you got to just keep going and then you uh so yeah my experience has been you know people try to fuck you over and also being a promoter when you're a promoter they tell you they're going to pay you and you know since you're not on contract i feel like what needs to change in the industry is people need to get contracts on their promoting because to hold accountability yeah because there's a lot of um there's a lot of promoters that they always complain they don't get paid and then like you know what i mean promoters could be like you know say I, i've known people that have sold say i've, I've known people who have sold over like 100 tickets and they you know they're promised ten dollars each ticket mm. and then they only get paid 20 bucks and they're like oh but i you know and then whoever's throwing the event is like Oh, but you know, I told you I'd get you free entrance and blah blah blah. Right, dude. So ten dollars for a hundred tickets? No, you owe that person their thousand dollars. That's a thousand dollars that they made you when these festivals make millions of dollars. So why couldn't you pay the person? Uh, most of the time is yeah, that it's, you know, cutting the middleman. You know, trying to because the the bargain was like, I remember when I sold tickets. It's like all right, so the tickets are thirty. You yeah. keep yourself five bucks and then you return back 20. Yeah, I remember. Hey, so I remember when, do you remember Nocturnal? So, yeah. oh, now we're getting, the, we're getting back to the promoting experience. And I love this podcast. Thank you for having me on again. Uh, no, thank you for coming over, brother. Yeah. So I remember when I used to do Nocturnal, bro. That's what they used to say. Keep, keep this much. And then, uh, you know bring me this and bring me that. And I was just like, wait, but, and then you see the line around the corner and I'm like, and then they're charging like 40 bucks at the door. I'm like, so y'all made money. How come you didn't pay me? Yep. So yeah, there needs to be contracts. There needs to be contracts for promoters. So promoters can literally get their fair shake. And that's why when they're always, you know, people are always like, Oh, we're looking for promoters and this and that. It's like, no, bro. People won't promote because you know, their friends, at the end of the day, word of mouth spreads. People are always going to talk. Friends are going to tell their friends that they're close to. So that means, yeah, if I had a shitty experience, you know, promoting for you, why would I want my friends and my crew to go to your shows or do any of that? But people don't think about that. And also, a lot of people, you know, sometimes they be, you know, their egos because they be at these shows all night and all day and they get drunk every night and get, you know, like fucked up every night. So their their brain is not really thinking rationally because I've had a lot of guys in the industry. But, you know, let's talk about one DJ that was pretty big. And now he's like in prison. Who was you know, that? Seasons. Seasons. You don't remember DJ Seasons? Nah. Talk to me. So dude was huge. I remember because I used to text him mm-hmm. and he was like the king. So DJ Seasons was like the king of the nighttime underground. And that was one of my experiences too. Cause that was around the time I met actually Lucho. Oh, cause he used to throw the underground shows. Right. So seasons, what happened was seasons used to literally get, you know, effed up all the time on like a lot of drugs. Oh, and then he ended up strangling his girlfriend. No, but he was, a prospect to be huge like you know ultra was looking at him and shit like that and no he was just getting messed up all the time he was quote-unquote the king of the you know uh underage parties and his girlfriend was underage yo that's what killed um what people don't understand is that's what kind of killed all age parties because of that I think I still have some old flyers. So if you look at it, Seasons, he was one of those guys. He kind of ruined the nightlife because he was the king of the nightlife. And then that's what I say, ego and drugs and shit. It ruins you. Like, dude, mm-hmm. he literally strangled his girl and then drove around with her body in his fucking car for hours. And he Shut was, up. He was the king of the nightlife. Yeah, I remember because he used to give me my tickets. And I was going to, because I was going to clubs since I'm, I've been 16, bro. Get the fuck out. That's a wild story. Yo, dude. Yeah, my experience in the industry, bro. I've been doing this since I was 16, 30 now. I've seen it all, dude. And heard it all. Like, dude's doing life. 
Wow. As it's that's that's hilarious because I thought my my over decade of nightlife mm-hmm. made me see some shit. And <laughs> I'm hearing these stories. I was like, nope, there's more shit to hear. It's like this shit continues on. I'm like, how the fuck is this happening? Yeah, dude. I mean, it was kind of all over the news, but I was like, holy shit. I was like, because all I was hearing was I was like, one morning somebody texted me. They're like, yo, Seasons is in uh, Seasons is in a uh, prison right now. I was like, what? They're like, yeah, bro, he killed his girlfriend. I was like, Seasons? No way, bro. That's wild. Yeah. That's wild. King King of the all age scene. So you never know, you know, bro. In the industry, I thought that sick story was wild. No, that's not I, worth. I that. thought I thought the base nectar and black G and space Jesus story is wild. I thought those were like holy shit. Those are like the high points of the industry. And then I come to hear this guy season strangling her his girl. I'm like, oh okay, now you just top the wildest shit. Yeah, and then he drove around with the body in his fucking That's just, that's like, why? And I'm sitting there and I'm, no, I'm looking up, I'm hearing the story when my boy calls me, I'm like, what? They're like, no, yeah, and you know, he turned himself in and told the whole story and I'm like, holy shit. Fucking A, bro. That was when space was space because, you know, we're the same age, so you know when space was space, Mm -hmm. everyone was going, let's go to Spacio. Yeah, yeah, dude. When um, when it was space and then ninety degree. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, it was space nocturnal ninety degree. So yeah, I've been there since then. And then that was when I kind of uh, yeah, it was around when I met Lucho because his name used to be on the you know on the cards. Yeah, and then he had his boy. He goes by Paranoid. He used to go by Paranoid DJ Paranoid. Lucho's boy is the reason why I got into house music because. I went to Miami Beach Senior High, right? So it was like, oh, you're the black dude that plays house. So it was weird, like, back in school because they were like, wait, aren't you black? And I was like, uh, yeah. So I grew up on I grew up on disco and freestyle. But, it, but it's not that wild. It's not that different that I black DJs playing um, house, like Green Velvet. Yeah, I know. But- I mean... It's just when I in my school, people used to look at me like I was weird. And I'm like, dude, it's just some fucking house music. Like, relax. You know what I mean? Why? Because they they think like, oh, I don't see you playing house. I see you playing like rap and trap and hip hop and shit. Yeah. So uh, I, so what, what I do now, my whole thing is I use that to my advantage. So what I'll do is I'll put on uh, a pair of grills mm-hmm. and a gold chain. So then when people think I'm about to uh, play some uh, hip hop. Mm-hmm. I just break it down with some nasty. <laughs> That's gold. I, I yeah, no pun intended. That's gold. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so that's my whole thing. I'll literally dress up like a, like looking kind of like gangster. Yeah. Then I'm literally playing house. That's wild, bro. You know what? Kudos for you because that's actually a way to break the ice, start a trend, and. Show the world, like, like, yeah, don't judge me by my looks. Yeah, dude, you know, you know, and it's funny because people look at me sometimes and they think, you know, certain things. And I'm just like, dude, I don't even have any felonies. Like, um, I've never gotten in trouble. Like, I just be chilling. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you, man. I've, so, I've been I've been through that road as a Hispanic person, you know. You no, know, you, you know what time it is. You know, they see you as a. They'll see you as, you know, a black Hispanic person and this and that. And they assume like, oh, yeah, you you play reggaeton. You know, you like the salsa and shit. And then when I tell you, it's like, uh, no, I hate reggaeton. I I hate um salsa and merengue and bachata. And anything that stands in, in Hispanic language, I, I do not like it. What do you like? Fucking dubstep. Yeah. My- I'm a dubstep person. And then when I break it hard, everybody's like, what the fuck? Like, this guy's a dubstep? Like, isn't he from Puerto Rico? I'm like, yeah, bro. Yeah, dude. And then I don't even really listen to rap like that, but people would assume I listen to rap. I don't even listen. I swear to God, every time some of my friends play rap, I get so annoyed because I'm a house guy. I listen mm-hmm. to house. I listen to disco. Mm-hmm. You know, 80s freestyle dance music because I, I used to break dance when I was younger. Mm. 
Yeah. I still got the moves. At the yeah. age 30? Oh, uh, yeah. I still know how to do a flare and, you know, windmill and a handstand. Easy one-handed handstand. God damn. All right. Yeah, bro. So I still do that. But and also, I just want a quick shout out because I'm on my IG live. Shout out to my little brother, Lucas Larvin. Man. That kid is the future. Hey, Lucas Larvin. Shout out to that guy because the, yeah. fr- the couple of times I met that kid, I felt like, yo, that kid was going places, man. He is the Miami version of, I'll say, Martin Garrix. I always say it. Oof. And people think I'm telling a lie. This guy is going to be so huge. I'm telling you, by the time he's 25, he's going to be... All right, game over. That's all I got to say. I Hey, when you see talent and you and you let him know, bro, that talent is going to be big because that's exactly, that's exactly what happened when, I, when me and Nitty Gritty yeah. graduated together from SAE. And you met Nitty and look at Nitty Gritty now. I called it. Like, I called it. Many people were telling me, like, him, you sure? I don't know. And it's like, yo, that motherfucker is going to be bigger than Skrillex. Mark my fucking words. And, and you he, know what? Huge. Grammy. He has a Grammy. A, a Grammy nominee. He has mm-hmm. done music for Cardi B. Has done music for other certain artists as well. And I got to name names. And yeah, he's playing songs with Diplo and shit and whatnot. Like, he's already getting to that level. What? Yeah. I'll literally bet my entire catalog right now and I'll put up, I take 10% and everyone takes 90% of, of my royalties that Lucas Larvins, if, uh, if I'm wrong, Lucas Larvins is going to be the future. And I mean, I'm like honored to be a friend with him because dude, all I'm saying is, bro, you know, that's why my journey and I'm again, I'm glad you do podcasts like this so you can find out everybody's journey. Absolutely. Yeah. My journey's been great, bro. Like I'm, I'm living life. I'm chilling, and you know, I stay low key. I got my girlfriend. Mm. Uh, life is good. You know what I mean? And it's just I'm making a lot of music, man. And then, you know, now I've gotten better because I went through the phase of. So I started making beats on my mom's couch. I didn't know shit what to do on Ableton. I was just literally putting shit together. Right, I mean, right. At one point, I thought I made a fire track. I still got my old um, HP laptop. Um, where I, Yeah, where I put a bunch of loops together. And I was like, yo, this shit sounds fire. And then I listened to it today. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is horrible. <laughs> Bro, I, I, we all went for that role, man. I yeah. thought the first time <laughs> I did some beats on the loops and shit, I thought it was the fire shit. I thought it was like, Oh man, I'm gonna be the next epic song, bro. Don't worry. Like epic, <laughs> now nah, don't worry. My song is gonna be epic. And then when I play around with my friends, my friends were looking at me like, "Yeah, dude, you know, it was like basura.com." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, you know what? I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop the song right now. You know, like, yeah, I, I dude. Get it. So, and then you know, uh, it, it shows how the world changes in years because you know, um, have you heard of Zoo? Of yeah, Zoo, of course. So I have emails on my old laptop from where zoo let me keep an old song that he has he's like you can keep that and i'm gonna get the hard drive from that computer i think i might remix it and i'm like you know back then it's like edm was opening a lot of opportunities before it got too commercial so my experience has been all you got to do is keep trying and you don't know like you know who's gonna rock with you and then where you can go you know how far you can go because that was when Twitter was just starting to get big too mm-hmm. yeah that was mm-hmm. when it was like 2011 I think when Twitter yep. started yeah because that was like around the time that Skrillex was popping off you know he he made dubstep mainstream like by 2013 by 2013 Martin Garrett's released Animals mm-hmm. and then the big Urum hit and then you know House took over the, the scene for woof like oh, uh, for a long uh, time, at least I can tell you by by 2016, House took over those eras. Like it was, it, was, it was a good while for House, yeah. And then my thing is, Spinning Records is my favorite label. But mm. at one point, I feel like that since House was getting so big and it was a big demand, that they flooded the scene too much with main stage progressive mm. and all that. Yeah, so they should have they should have had intervals. That's where they fucked up. You know, because- I, I got I got a lot of 
nasty stories about spinning records? Uh, I mean, yeah, I've heard. I've heard. It's my favorite label because of the music that's come out. But would I want to sign with them? I do. But then I still hear bad things about them. Like if I, were, if I were to send them music, they were to say they were to send me a contract. Would I do it? I mean, cool. It'll get your name out there. But then why is it Martin Garrix left spinning and started stamped records? Why is it that he had an issue with them? You know what I mean? It's it's a lot of control. It's all about control with spinning records. And remember, the reason the reason why Martin Garrett's left spinning records, it's because Martin Garrett was just tired of ghost producing for a lot of artists in spinning records. That's the main reason why Martin Garrett's left. Yeah, because he was ghost producing for since he was 14 and then they put him on at 16. Exactly. Yeah, because he was talented. So they put him on I know a story. They put him on at 16 and then he became mainstream Martin or big Martin Garrix, at least by the age of like 21. But then, you know, he's a grown ass man. When you literally go through that phase, you got to understand as a human, your brain chemically goes through a phase. And as a man, you graduate from, you know what I mean? From a boy to a man, he graduated into a man and was like, yo, why the fuck am I even doing this? Yeah, basically, because and I remember at a certain point, I'm pretty sure he felt like I'm being underused and underpaid because I'm pretty sure my music for these, for my, whether the Marty Gerrits brand or the ghost producing, I feel like I'm getting underpaid because like if it, if it, if it weren't that case, what you would have never leave spinning records, you know? Yeah. And, and you know, he did it. I mean, I mean, it's smart. So what I would do is what's smart is, yeah, if you can sign with a major label, what I like about EDM versus the whole mainstream label thing. Yeah. Is if you sign one track with a huge label or a couple tracks, it opens your, the door. It opens the door. And then when you create your following, go independent and make a lot of fucking mm -hmm. money. If your people like you and you are a genuinely good producer, you will make it big. So, you know, that's why I say some of my young guys and that's my whole attack right now. Like, yeah, I'll sign a quick deal for like an EP. And then that's exactly my mentality. And uh, if you check my previous episodes, I've mm -hmm. done one for for having the same chord progressions that mm -hmm. basically you've heard five. I put five different songs mm -hmm. and of those five different songs. You can tell that they have the same melody, the same chords, five different songs. And then the the one after that, which is the one previous, this one, I, I talked about reading fucking contracts. Like if you want to read, if you want to assign to a label, that's fine. But you got to read what it says because it's important. It's key because you need to know that labels are going to screw you, but you don't, you need to negotiate to a point in which you could get screwed less because that's how it works, you know. And it's fi and it's fine that you, if you want to sign to a label, go for it, man. I'm I'm all forward to it because I want to sign to a to a label. I want to I want to have a single release or an EP release or an album release if if I ever reach an album. But so far, I'm just singles and whatnot with these labels. I'm I fuck with it as long as it's a contract that doesn't fuck me over in the future, you know. And it's some. That's the problem that we're having nowadays that some of these artists are signing contracts without fucking reading and now they're getting ultimate fucked over. Look, man, I read I read the dictionary every day. That's a part of one of my mantras. I read the dictionary every day so I understand the dictation or the diction mm -hmm. uh, what things say. So basically, like I told you, I don't I don't get fucked. I do the fucking. Mm -hmm. So it's I know what these all these labels, they're gonna screw you. So it's about Who's going to screw you less mm -hmm. at the end of the day, these labels, they created these labels. They're putting their money into it. So who's going to screw you less and who's going to show you some love. And mm -hmm. I mean, with these labels, it's, you know, there's a lot of, you know, they're a business. So yeah. every business shows fake love. Yeah. Let's, let's be for real. I, absolutely. You know, they love you, they love you when you're making the money, but if you're not making the money, then it's like, all right, whatever. Exactly. So, it is what it is. So, I mean, everybody wants to sign a good deal. Everybody wants to do that. And I don't know, dude. I just say. 
No, nah, but uh, but I I'm with you, man. I'm with you because I if I ever sign uh, if I ever sign one of my songs. Uh, by the way, I've sent demos to labels, so I'm just waiting whether one says yeah about them. Yeah. Oh, I, wait. Also, I wanted to catch up on something you said, my brother. Was um, it? You said like you know about the melodies. Like you've used this. Like you know how you use the same five chord progressions. Mm. And when you when you actually learn about music, there's only so many chord progressions. Or so many uh, i mean it's all about the melody at the end of the day because there's so many chord progressions you can make literally if you read the sheet and you know you know since you're sae gang you know when you read it there's only so many progressions you can make like that's why it's so great to be an engineer because engineering now is where you play around is where you make it sound different it's how you use your plugins to change everything around because th that's how I feel because there's only numerically, there's only so many chord progressions and all that you can make. You can't change that. Only the sounds. Only the sounds, bro. But, when then, it, but, but then when it becomes a literally copy paste, that's when I have an issue. Yeah. Because then you literally are lying to my face saying that I made this from scratch when literally the melody goes bar to bar exactly like this sounds like yeah i mean the, uh with with that i mean you, you got a lot of dudes they copy paste you know and just what they'll do is and i've seen it they download midi packs mm. and just go on uh what you call it they go on a fucking a plug-in maybe something like omnisphere and all that or serum and just throw in a sound and be like, oh no, I made this. Look, like the melodies I've made over time, I've literally freehandedly played them. Like I'll plug in a MIDI and I'll just start, you know, I'll watch a movie or something, like, and something that gives me a little bop to it. I'm like, okay, cool. And then I'll just start randomly playing out a melody in key. Of course, you know, if he's Ableton, you know, I'll fold it or I'll find, for example, I'll uh, find a mainstream song I like. So to find the key, I'll find a mainstream song I like. I'll do the, you know, convert uh, melody uh, to MIDI. So I'll do that and then I'll fold it. I'll delete all the notes and then I'll start playing a melody myself. So I'll give you the key of my, maybe one of my favorite songs. Now, let me ask you, do you actually believe that sound design is considered to be a luxury or a necessity for a producer? Uh, sound design? Mm-hmm. I believe it should be a necessity. Okay. Talk to me. Because when you make that, uh, when you make your own sound, it's just, I feel like it's a necessity because, well, it's not a necessity. It is a luxury, but a necessity at the same time. Because mm. if you want to, if you want to stand out, mm. you need your own sound. And then also it shows people, you know what you're doing. Mm. That's what separates, you know? The wolf from the sheep. Because a lot of times when I ask this to certain artists, um, for the house people, they say like, nah, it's more of a luxury. Like, I, I don't really need to. I can just like take a preset and just create my my bass and create my melody. And that's that. And it sounds dope. And it's dope. It's dope. And that's it. And then uh, obviously to my bass homies, they all say, nah, it's a necessity because what you say, would you need to stand out? You need to be like, Different from everybody else, you know? For example, I'll say this. What I did was, okay, so for example, I'll tell you, sound design could be, it doesn't have to necessarily be where you go into a plugin and, you know, you just start from scratch. Sound design is, if you know how to use your DAW or your DAW, sound design is literally what you make of it. Like, for example, I took a violin sample. Mm -hmm. I flipped it around and then I did some, I literally reversed it on Ableton. Then I did some processing, which I'm not going to say what, because it's my secret. And now it sounds like a dubstep growl. Okay. And it was a violin sample. That's sound design right now. I agree. I agree. But I feel like some people feel like sound design is you got to go into the DAW and start it mm. from scratch. No, mm. sound design is literally the process of you making something sound like it wasn't before. So if I took exactly. that, so if I took that one shot and then I threw it into, I threw it into the sampler in Ableton, and I started playing it out on a different octave, and then I processed it the way I process it, and now it's a dubstep growl. That's my sound design. I agree. 
That's exactly how my thought process is when it comes to sound designing. I can take any fucking bass shot or any loop. Yeah. And I'll resample it. I'll put some effects on top of it, resample it. I'll slap in a granular synthesizer like Portal, create some wicked, crazy, gnarly sounds out of it. I'll resample it all the way. I'll create another one with another effects. I'll use Corpus. I'll use LFO, uh, Echo. Like I basically do a whole a frequency shifter. It's a perfect one. I do yeah. a lot of process. Mm -hmm. And then once I'm done, I'll start picking out. You know, I'll draw up literally my drop out of that one shot or that one loop that I did. And it sounds cohesive. It sounds like, wow, they, like it all sounds different, but it all came from that one sound and nobody would ever know. Yeah, dude. And, you know, it's all about, again, uh, there's a lot of people in the industry who don't know what they're doing. And and I hope a lot of people, you know, hear this interview because people don't know what they're doing. And, you know, sometimes I just, you know how we've been in this industry so long. It's like, all right, dude, you just let people get away with, you know, the, the whole fake it to make it, whatever, bro. I don't care. Like, you just got to know what you're doing, bro. Like, mm -hmm. like, and like you said, with the frequency shifter, one of my favorite things I like to use, what a lot of artists don't use is spectrum. The mm. spe spectrum shows you, I put it on my master because it shows you uh, what frequencies you need to cut off. because. You know, and I put it on, yeah. I put it, I put it on every group. I'll put it on my drum group, my lead, all that. Cause then I'm seeing where the, what frequencies I need to cut off with my filters. And it's just, dude. Yeah. It's, if, if you love making music, you just, it's like, it's like, a, tell me, it's, it's like a video game, bro. You just literally, you're, you're just like going tweaking stuff all around. It's like, oh, this sounds like this. Let me change this. Hold on. Let me go for here, here. It's like yep. it's like constructing something like you're going nuts out of it and you spend hours bro. and hours out of it. Yeah, bro. So like, you know, fr so from the time, I guess you could say I was 16 till now being in the industry. Uh, once again, my experience in the industry, man, has been magical because mm. trust me, so many struggles to being able to message them, to be able to call them on a personal level. Mm -hmm. And that comes with hard work. I agree. Yeah. Am I a, am I a freaking billionaire? Like people paint in the scene, like glitz and glamour. No, but musically wise, do I have a, you know, have I had a great, you know, career so far? Yeah, bro. And then I can tell you now, if I want to go out, there's not a club now that I don't go to that. They're just like, he's fine. Mm. And you know, it's the same thing for you. Like I do not, I don't pay to go in the club anymore. I don't, and I don't even yep. like going to anymore but if i want to go out and support a homie oh yeah i'm the same way i don't like i i stopped the whole club thing like a long time ago and i only go clubbing the same reason support a homie so when my homie's on nitty-gritty mm -hmm. he's on miami to do a show like i go to his show you know if i if i'm able to if yeah, I, Modestep I, from the disciple come over to miami i go there to the show because Modestep, shout out to josh and pat they're my closest homies in the industry and man i love those guys yeah, I used to actually. They used to follow me. Most of yeah, that's at dope. Point, at one point, they followed me. I was like, all right, cool. I mean, you know, because they're Florida boys, no? Most of them, no, no, they're they're from England, man. They're from England. I don't know why somebody said they were from Florida, and I was like, no. most step like M O D E step. Yeah, so yeah, the song like hurts my eyes. Yeah. Their remix was so fire. They got a lot of fire songs. I'll tell you that, bro. 